Welcome to This Old App, a podcast about learning, coding, smashing stuff together, breaking things apart, startups, failing, winning, and any other buzzwords we can think of. All right. I want to rant. Okay, let's go. <laughs> about about Georgia's offense against Notre Dame or something else? I was I'm happy with it. I don't. I, I, a win is I mean, a win, right? I feel well. I don't feel like we were inept. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't dominate them, but anyway, um, the real rant. When I when I, if I say to you the term clean code, what what do you think? What's, what is it? It, it, it's not ever anything that I've um, concentrated on as far as making sure my code is quote clean. Um, how I would define it is um, uh, first something that's that's been run through a, a linter and a prettier so that it all lines up and everything like that. Um, there are no extraneous comments, things like that. What what is the industry definition of clean code? Um, my opinion is that when people say, talk about clean code, it's their own personal opinion of what they've written versus what anyone else has written. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> clean code is a is it a foul fallacy something that isn't ever true that can never be true in my opinion that it's just a bullshit term like clean the title of this episode for me is clean code is a term covered in poop <laughs> i mean when i when i hear people say clean like i we are i usually see this term when I was looking at applications back in the day. We want to hire people that write clean code. And software for me is always fraught with a number of variables to get it to working condition. Right. Tight deadlines, multiple requirements, unspecified requirements, the need to leave comments for myself later on or others that may assume the code um ideas that don't pan out attempts to make things work attempts to make things work and then going ahead and rolling with that attempt <laughs> just to get something pushed to the server right um experiments when i hear people say clean code I think they, I think people are saying that it is code that lacks extraneous, unnecessary um, characters, that it's all easy to read, that it has no comments, um, that anything that maybe that could be like, uh, I guess, put into a module or segmented outside and just called upon is completely done. And I just think it's crap. Um, I, I had students all the time that would say, is my code clean? And 
I would say by the definition that people are trying to give code to be clean, no. But I don't want that to be your goal. I want you to have working code. You can refactor things later. You don't have enough time. We're putting too much of a workload on you. There's all sorts of context and factors involved for you to write code that would be considered clean. But even then, it's like, I feel like it's a term that people use to describe what they code they like to read, which is only going to be written by themselves anyway. Right. Um, and I think I just, it's one of those terms like gatekeeping, what people say, um, to make other people's feel like they're lesser in the industry or lesser in their field. I feel like this whole idea of clean code is a crappy way to make people feel bad about their own code. Yeah. And I, I, I just certainly don't think it should be a, um, a goal when you, when you sit down to create a, a, a new program, I don't think the goal should be, I want my code to be clean. Um, the first goal of any program is to work and to achieve the goals of the, uh, of the program. Um, as you said, refactoring is something you can do to tighten it up a little, um, take out all the console.log, uh, here's potentially, um, but it shouldn't be something that you do at the outset. If you've got time to, to pull things out, then absolutely. Um, but worrying about your code being sparkling clean, I don't think is, is I think it discourages experimentation. So there's a book called Clean Code written by, let me see, what is the name of this person? Robert Martin. I think this is where the term really got strong. And I feel like I read about it I read it briefly. I mean, this is a book on clean code. It's 13, it's 17 chapters. And how many pages is this sucker? Let me see. I don't even know. But, you know, uh, the people make the, I hear it used, it should be short and concise. Well, the book on it's not even concise. It's a, <laughs> it's a monster book, like huge. And it talks about, let's see, readers will come away from this book understanding the difference between good and bad code. Okay, that's somebody's opinion. How to write good code and transform bad code into good code. Okay, you're going to tell me how, in your opinion to transform code from someone's approach to your opinionated approach, how to create good names, good functions, good objects, and good classes, how to format code for readability. Boom. I could go with that one. How to implement complete error handling without obscuring code logic, highly opinionated. Um, and a lot of languages have trouble with this as in terms of what they give you tool wise. And so I guess I've started to see people on Twitter talk about how my goal is to always write clean code. And it's just such a term like clean and writing programs 
I just feel like there's a big gap there between what people are aiming for and the lack of comments. Like I've started to see people, the idea that writing only tests will give someone the context they need to write to assume your code and stuff is all that you need. Like comments dirty up code. And I just don't feel that's the case. I think comments are good. I like it when I go in and see why someone tells me this is not my favorite implementation, but we ran out of time. And there's something about that honesty and that comment that actually helps that person know, feel free to refactor this. And I think that's right. something that our industry needs to, to do more of. So, I don't know. It, it just is something, I don't know why it set me off the other day. It was a tweet probably where someone was talking about how I always write clean code and then they couldn't actually back it up when people gave them hell for the comment. Um, you know, I just don't know. I don't know. It, it's one of those things of, I want people moving into the industry to quit aiming for this phantom, this fantasy world where their code is clean but there's no true industry definition of what it, it what that is well it it it's just another example of you said it earlier it, it it's another example of gatekeeping um just when you hear people say i i only want to write pure functions well, you can't actually write a, a substantially useful um, system with only pure functions. Um, that there have to be some impure functions in there as well. It, it it's just one of it's it's yet another instance of you have to do things my way, or else it's wrong. Yeah. Um, and and anything that discourages people from getting in there and just messing about is, is not helpful. Um, programming is a, is an interactive experimental activity. Um, you don't sit down and writing, writing a book is a, is, is the same thing. You don't sit there and, and write a novel, um, word for word exactly the way it comes out you write a bunch of stuff and then you go and edit and clean things out and, and programming is the same way it's just a question of how much time do you have to go in and, and clean some of that some of that extra stuff out um at the end and knowing the schedules that that we're all usually under for our projects we don't have the quote editing time to go tighten things up now, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Robert Martin is Uncle Bob Martin. Of course. Who, who probably half his tweets, I'm like, oh, good point. Half of them are like, Jesus, just shut your mouth, man. <laughs> like, he totally doesn't understand privilege and misogyny in the industry. At least he, he didn't before. I don't know if he's changed his mind. Sure. But he's always made these comments that an old white dude could only just doesn't doesn't understand the world right but he's got based on the definitions 
of clean code. One of them is elegant. Clean code is pleasing to read. It should make you smile. And I don't know how to teach that to someone. Working code makes me smile. Yeah. <laughs> um, code that doesn't have errors and bugs in it makes me smile. But I don't think I've ever read, like looked at someone's code and and was like, this is pleasant. Like, I, I've looked at code where I'm like, I feel like this person did a good job of naming things. So I understood what they were like, what functions did, which is what he talks about. I'll give him credit on that. And it wasn't something, it was very, I understood what was going on. That's like, that's what I'm going to give someone credit for. But I don't like, I don't know how test like running tests and adding tests is clean code. Like I, I just feel like it's such a, it's like a, it's like someone creating a term that's vague, but is clickbait. Like you'll sell a lot of books selling the concept of clean code to CTOs who don't actually code themselves, but then use that as a barometer for how they judge the developers. Do you write clean code? It's like, do you mop the floors? With, like at your desk, like that kind of question. Like, I just feel it's one of those terms that should be banished from our industry, frankly. Yeah, I it 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 it, it comes back to it. Do things my way or don't do them, right? Um, it, it's and and especially when you have a reputation. Of, of being a forward thinker or, or, or a, an important uh, influencer in the industry, I think you you have a couple responsibilities when you are that is your, your responsibility is to lead people in the right way. Your responsibility is also to encourage, not to discourage. Um, and I think adding, adding boundaries discourages. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's uh, it's just one of those things that takes me off about the industry, um, and and I think that it's definitely a trademarkable term that just sells stuff, sells blog posts, sells clicks, sells you know printed books and you know electronic books and stuff like like podcast uh, episode titles. Oh damn! Hell yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah, there's no doubt. Clean code will be in the title of this. But the, I just feel like that's not what we, as developers and experienced folks in the industry, I think, coming up with these generalized, vague, um, titles is not progressive. It's, it doesn't really help people and definitely doesn't help managers who want to boil down the expectations of what should be shipped and what should be delivered by folks. Um, it doesn't help them and it doesn't help, it doesn't help them teach people how, how to do better at their jobs. Right. Even I've talked to Megan and I like as she will have her on 
an episode soon because she was it she got a a job um as a first-time developer and i think she made a comment that about clean code and i just said oh that's crap like don't use that don't use that term to describe code there's there's so many more things you need to, to if you want to talk about is is something um programmed well is something written well clean is too vague and she's like okay that's just a term someone used at the office and i'm like okay i'm not gonna i can't i'm not gonna argue with the fact that people like to use the term i can argue that i think it's not good enough um to just there's you need to have more words to describe things yeah yeah it at the end of the day, we come back to what's most important when we're writing a program. The number one responsibility when writing a program is to make sure it works. Yep. The second responsibility is to make sure that somebody else can get in there and work with it. Maintainable. And it's maintainable. So I don't necessarily think striving for sparkling clean code achieves that you you need you need comments in there um i actually saw a twitter post the other day um where somebody said they leave their wrong code in their programs commented out with a comment as to why they chose that direction and why it didn't work and Hmm. and they did that because they wanted people to to see the thought process and to see things they had tried. I don't think that's necessarily the right, what the best way to do it necessarily. There, if there is a quote best way, you can't do that for every experiment you try. But if it's a significant change, sometimes leaving stuff in there for for thought process purposes is important. Because and and the counter argument to that is, I can just go read the Git log. Yeah, that actually That's, takes the effort. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that this is a I've commented out old code and left it in there, but I did yeah. it because this is before Git, before I I ever used SVN, and I was using FTP level stuff in the PHP Drupal world, so I was uploading files on top of each other, so to speak, and. I would, I would have written, let's say I wrote some code that I took a lot of work to get done and then I was refactoring it. And then I would basically leave it in there because I didn't have a backup mechanism. I didn't have a snippet collector. I didn't, I was just basically leaving it in there because the fact that I wrote it was too valuable to delete it. And now in the Git world, I don't do that. I do think that git commits are the better way to keep old stuff. Now you got to make good commit messages if you're going to try to do it that way. So I don't know that I would agree. I'm not advocating it. I'm not advocating it as a standard practice for every wrong yeah. thing you write. Yeah. What I am advocating is if it was a significant thought process that led you down one direction and it, it was mostly right and it, it just didn't end up in the right place leaving some of that in there as as thought process 
I believe helps the next person come in who's got to change that code, not go back and do exactly what you undid two years ago. Now, if you want to, if you want to say the better now with tools like there are in VS code, the, the, the Git history tools, um, that, that the Git blame tools that show you who changed what line item and what the commit message was. Sometimes that can work as well. But if you leave a comment saying, refactored on X date, see this hash for old code, something like that. Something to give you a pointer. I think that that is more useful than just saying, oh, it's somewhere in the Git history. Um, Yes, Git blame gets you there fairly quickly, but you actually have to go think and and look for that alternate um, solution, I guess the best way to put it. When I have replaced a significant amount of code, I usually make sure I put refactor um, and maybe something that describes the refactoring in the co- in the commit. Sure. And so then I can do a search on refactor related to that page. And, the, and, and I think that's generally what I'm driving at. Yeah. Yeah. It, is you don't want to erase all history of of the of what happened previously because you want to prevent people from repeating that. Now, again, I'm criticizing the term clean code. I'm not criticizing some of the principles that are that make up what the author is talking about sure. you should do. Naming is really important. It's hard. You yeah. will you will just you'll have you'll bike shed all day on naming and for good reason because it people get different meaning out of different things. But naming your functions in terms of what they do is really helpful. And I don't really care how long they are. I've seen some long, really long function names. Sometimes that's because they do the functions doing more than one thing. You could question how the single responsibility stuff goes, but I think thinking about naming is really important and shouldn't be just glossed over. Um, Testing is important to me because we talked about maintainability Catching butterfly effects of changes is really makes your entire process easier. Um, I built a front end a GUI uh, application just this last two weeks and adding integration testing um, very early on made building this multi-step form much easier because I was able to see the steps and see where I was breaking things as I made changes. And otherwise I had to sit there and click on every freaking button and every step to get to that error. And that was, you know, great and helpful. But I also left comments in there because I was working with someone that was newer to JavaScript and leaving comments as to what I was doing helped her. And she left comments for herself in there too. And I just don't believe in deleting comments. I think comments are important in code. We've said it a couple of times, but I think the best way to, to wrap this up is, is don't put roadblocks and, and boundaries on, on the way people are doing things. Uh, it, when, when it's definitively right, definitively wrong, that's one thing. Um, when yes. it's an opinion, it's, it, you, you're just discouraging people. Yeah, I think it's the term clean code is fraught with opinions 
and vagueness and putting that as the goal for yeah, people. I, I think that's the best way to put it. And pe trying to make people follow that to learn how to be in this industry is it lacks responsibility. Yep. <laughs> I guess that's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds good. Uh, I guess we'll uh, see you again in a couple weeks. Cool. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to This Old App. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at www.thisoldapp.online. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. For questions, comments, or things you would like to hear on future shows, please email us at hello at thisoldapp.online. Show music is Guns Blazing by Fab Claxton, licensed by Pond5. Voiceover work by MeganVoices.com. You'll hear from us soon.